I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. Welcome. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And we're still watching X-Men Evolution, which is just trudging ever further into the sewers, into the darkness, into With the Morlocks. The sad times. The Morlocks. Oh, well, this show is just sad. It's now. really I- intense. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. that the show is going to be over soon. relatively soon i know you we know, really we really trucked through it i mean of course we've gone back to bi-weekly episodes now but like we did so we'll weekly for most longer. of this we're show. drawing it out for as long as we can before <laughs> I know, we're like that's okay, the real reason we just no don't want x-men, X-Men evolution, evolution to end yeah we're just dragging this it out. show definitely deserves to be picked up again i you know it's, it's like not you look it's at, not gonna happen i mean like of course no, i would the only love thing that, but... that would ever possibly get picked up again is x-men the animated series because yes. everyone's really attached to that with good reason yeah i'm not insulting yep. it we clearly liked it on this show mm-hmm. but i love x-men evolution so much more than that yep you it's know, really so, it's it's more complex. It's it's also closer to our time in terms of its politics. Obviously, I mean it's ten years later. Like the kinds of yeah. stuff that they're talking about is different. It's easier for right. us to connect that to our current time. I wonder if we're going to have that experience as we go along with other X Men shows as they get more modern. Like if more and more of them are dealing that, with you know that's a modern great politics. Question. I know I talk about Wolverine and the X Men not being as good, but there's some things about that show I really did enjoy. I don't think it does a good job with the mutant metaphor, but I could also be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I it's well, a I mean, very we'll see different when we kind get of there. show. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's a serious show, also. Like. That's why that show failed is because it had like it was too serious. I don't know, twenty five different pl- plot lines happening at the same time, and <laughs> oh it was my also God. like okay. there there are no jokes. It's just a serious show. Oh boy. Okay, we'll have to we'll have to come in with the jokes because the show won't be bringing them for us. Isn't that the show that opens up with like the MRD? Like it's like literally the opening sequence is people just hunting mutants and throwing them in cells. That is how that show is going to roll. So maybe it is actually much better than I remember it being. <laughs> it might be, but it also might be kind of boring. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I never hear people talk about that show, and there are not exactly listeners writing in or tweeting at us being like, "Can't wait for Wolverine and the X Men." Like that is not happening so i know uh, i know we'll see what we think of it we'll see what happens and also with the x-men coming to the mcu eventually Mm -hmm. we'll have more content by the way we have to mention this on the show officially but like (laughs) yes i don't know when this actually happened a couple days ago in july 28th is the date on the article Oh, wow. So it's even further back than I found it. Okay, but that's that's only like three days ago. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, well, but okay, anyway, so no, tell, tell, tell all, the story. 
Well, it's not a long story, but <laughs> if you're not following the Mutant Ages on TikTok, you should. I do. I basically take a lot of clips that we put on our YouTube channel and put it over there. And or I'll if I'm watching something X-Men related, I'll just film it. But I'm trying to like get into the vibe of what TikTok does and follow some trends. And so I with the Loki and WandaVision show ending, there were a lot of people on TikTok doing comparisons of the two shows together and figuring out like Oh, like that crazy TikTok that was like Loki is yeah, happening the at the same time as WandaVision and it was finales. really crazy. And yeah. so they're, you know, people are trying to pick it apart, deciding what's going to happen in the future. And I said, okay, well, let's go back to the Sharon Carter's mystique theory. And I did a, a TikTok on that, put it up, I don't know, like a week ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And then I did not check on TikTok for all that time until <laughs> well, I'm you've checking. Been busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got a vlog with all the theme park stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. And so and so I'm like looking up uh, news articles to share on to the mutant ages, you know, get something relevant. And I see this headline that talks about mystique. On, it's an, it was on inverse mm-hmm. and you can link it in the show notes. Yeah, I will. But uh, uh, so basically it was on inverse and it was about mystique being Sharon Carter. And I was like, oh, wow, this theory's back again. So yeah. I clicked on it to see if there was any <laughs> well, news like, on wow, it. Why is this theory back again? <laughs> Who brought back this theory? Like, <laughs> it was like literally like the mutant ages. Have made, <laughs> I was like, the mutant ages have made a compelling argument as to why Sharon Carter is mystique. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> And it's like a whole article about this. And so then, like, I go over to TikTok. And it's like, I don't know, like 30K views and like hundreds of comments. And I'm like, oh, this is this is like the third time something has gone viral on the Mutant Ages TikTok. Because when WandaVision dropped, I took the clips from the Avengers cartoon from the 90s and also X-Men Evolution. And it was yes, like... Yes, about Agatha Harkness, right? That yeah, one. Everyone yeah. was like, what? What is this show even? Yeah. And so this 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 made like a news headline and i'm like messaging todd and maddie and you don't see it for like at least another day because nobody was in slack because it was saturday i was at a barbecue yesterday yeah, I was there partying. was like stuff going on it was like a work day for me yeah and so i i basically was sending it and i'd be like i'm laughing my ass off i, I just I was like I, amazed like really late last night when we got home and i was looking at my phone checking all my notifications i was like holy shit like what the <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like dying because I'm like Maddie, who is a journalist who's worked for multiple news outlets that are okay, like nerdy but like, stuff. I don't, I don't like link my own podcast because I feel no, like you that's wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like, the, uh, the, no, it is not kosher. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, it's kind of funny that like it happened through somebody just completely arbitrary. From well, it's someone we don't know, which is why it's so cool. Like, it it's, is. It's literally it is. like it's not like I sent it to like another journalist friend at another website and was like, hey, write this up like whatever that no, would be you d- i think you shitty. forgot the tiktok even existed because I, totally I sent it to you the when TikTok i made it. existed i don't think about the tiktok that's all yeah, you buddy we divide up labor here <laughs> i edit the episodes ryan updates the social media you know we're all doing do our video. part it's like yeah. we all do a little bit here and there yeah. okay so anyway I, it's just really funny because i then <laughs> it's message awesome. it's awesome I, I i'm very grateful for it and so if, if anybody, you found the show because of that welcome to the show welcome to our show i'm gonna warn you right now that it is a very sexual show. Yeah, and this even is it's a very X-rated show. Um, <laughs> Gene and Scott are 18 years old as of this episode. I feel like this is oh, really yeah. important yeah. for us to mention right out of the gate. Right. I'm not kidding. If the listeners think we're joking, we are not joking. There's an actual plot point in this episode whereby Gene and Scott being 18 is like 
mentioned and it's relevant to the show and also also i'm gonna point out that we have not known their ages but there's been a lot of weird stuff because they decided to make wolverine and storm be significantly older than everybody so because of that there's a lot of scenes where like Logan will just be sexily sitting on a couch with a bunch of teenagers and mm-hmm. we're like, or like uh, hanging out with Gene and Scott a lot or like yeah. hanging out with Scott shirtless in the previous episode. Like they're both shirtless and they're both hanging out, passing back a pair of pliers. I'm, I'm going to point out that somebody being 32, like macking on an 18 year old is still, also it's still Logan, Logan is not 32. Logan is like 132. Like Logan is old. Yeah, but he doesn't look like that. I know Ryan, but I'm just pointing out he is an undead vampire. Like this is the equivalent of like Edward Cullen and, and Bella Swan. You know what I mean? Okay, I agree with that, except at least Edward Cullen appears to be like 19 okay i know but it's also like this is basically the same with logan why was edward cullen in school if he was that he was old? trying to mac on the ladies because he was a hundred year old virgin and like didn't have a girl then what's different about logan dating somebody who's older than if he's still like 200 200 years older nothing than i mean this is part of why i actually liked the casting in x-men 2000 because famke jansen is like older like she's not like 22 you know what i mean like she's older right. i don't know how old she was i think she's in her 30s in that movie she but was, like well her and hugh jackman yeah, and i, I think liked james that, marston though. were about like 32 i thought that was cool time. it was like it was an interesting age for the x-men to be you know what i mean like it's not oh, like they're all 22 year olds like a lot of times i mean in x-men the animated series i think they were all supposed to be relatively young and like sort of following xavier's plans all the time and this show they're high schoolers so they're really young and they're definitely listening to Xavier whenever this comes over to the MCU I'm gonna guess that they're gonna be late teens early 20s if mm-hmm. I if I had to because I mean they want them to be young and hot they're gonna want to milk the X-Men for a long time yeah but but anyway my point is I just thought it was interesting even at the time that like all the X-Men were sort of older because it basically just suggests that they have all this life experience and I feel like by the time you're 32 whatever you're fine you know like you can date whoever at that point like you know who you are your brain's done developing like you can date a 60 year old if that's who you fall in love with well, I, don't I care. mean for Logan he's got a lot of trauma he still has to well work exactly through. but like Gene's a doctor I don't know I ship it anyway doesn't matter I, I mean, we, we're we, so we off topic at this point we are let's start this episode which opens up with a dramatic thunderstorm it does we see a bulletin board that says spear sports and we're like who the fuck is this by the way it's nobody from the comic books yeah. not wait is he oh, hold on. Let, now we have to google this shit guys spear no he's made up for x-men evolution that's what i thought yeah so we're at spear industries which is a company owned by this guy named guy spear who we're going to meet later in the episode his name is literally guy i know his name is guy um so it is it is a soda company or like a gatorade company basically they're making like slurm what's the futurama soda i don't remember no it's slurm yeah oh i've I've got a i literally have a can of slurm in my kitchen great so anyway they're making slurm just you know but also (laughs) in this it's called power eight so it sounds like power aid yes oh my god I shit you not, after I watched this episode, I opened up my fridge and I do have a Powerade in there. And I was like, do I feel safe drinking this? <laughs> is the Powerade going to kill you because you're gay? Because, like, that's basically I mean, what this there's, episode there's, is about. Okay, that is what it's about. But there's, a, I mean, yes, it's like, it, it's basically going towards marginalized classes and yes. the queer community. However, there's also a whole undertone about putting shit in your body that's like i I don't mean like drugs i mean like you mean like sort of sketchy yeah 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 you you, like remember when we were kids we drank surge which was like (laughs) that highly caffeinated highly (laughs) sugar drink yeah like in how it 
I mean, it basically is poison. So. <laughs> Okay, but like the the point of Power Eight is that it is marketed as though it's healthy. Like it's marketed as a sports drink that's like a health drink that's going to actually help you. I think okay in this in this story, I think that's what they truly believe is happening. But then it has a dark twist at the end when yes. the information gets out. Well, yeah. let's get there. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. through the sewers and. We see a Morlock peek out of the sewers, and it's clearly Callisto, and she's scowling because it's like Callisto's. She doesn't have resting bitch face; she just has like resting scowl face. Yeah, I love her. So Callisto is she's got her eye patch, she's got her scars, but she's she way hotter here than she even was in X Men TAS. She looks I incredible. Don't know. She does. She does a whole thing about not passing again yeah. in this, which she did in the last time. And I'm like, Callisto, you are like the one that. Like, okay, she does have an eye patch and she does have like some facial scars, but I'm like, Callisto, you can go to the CVS down the street and nobody's going to look twice at you. Okay, so here's the thing. Maybe, maybe she feels that she is not pretty or she doesn't pass as a human and that's how she feels like she can't get past the idea that yeah like she just has dysphoria no matter what i guess i mean i it's interesting but i i genuinely like googling it i'm like why is callisto why is this a part of her character like i does anyone have an answer people need to write in at the mutant at gmail.com if they know this well i also wonder if she like has decided that she can't pass and it's she's going to take care of these other mutants who really can't pass at yeah, all. Yeah, so I mean, she's... that's a noble cause, is just that she's like, I'm going to live down here with these mutants and help them and stand up for them and, like, be their queen, basically, and protect them with my cool bow staff. And, like, I don't know. She's she's basically just decided that she's going to do that. But it's just interesting that, like, this gorgeous woman is like, yeah, we have to live underground because no one could look at us. And it's like, okay, if you say so. I mean, she really just looks like <laughs> a punk. She looks great. Biker from the 80s. Yes. That's like really what she looks like. If you pulled out any of those 80s films that we love, she looks like she could be a background character in Double Dragon. Yeah. I mean, so do a lot of the Morlocks, by the way. They all look like Double Dragon, like baddies. It's They look badass. Like they're all wearing like biker outfits. They're so punk rock and awesome. Yeah, and this they're very like streets of rage yeah they look awesome i love the morlocks uh so anyway the morlocks break into the spear industries warehouse and like you know we see how they do it like this this one morlock named sabelle um uses her acid powers she takes off her glove and uses her acid powers to uh bust through the exterior wall of the warehouse and all the morlocks have baseball bats and then they just start beating the shit out of these huge vats of liquid and like soda, which we're going to find out later what, why the fuck they're doing this. But the first time I watched this, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, you have no idea what's going on. Right. Callisto's there, obviously. She's got her eye patch. She looks great. So then a, one security guard shows up with a flashlight and he's like, uh, what are you guys doing? And then he like, once he shines the flashlight on them, he's like, oh my God, one of you is like a dinosaur. So he starts freaking out. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me just, okay. First of all, the one that that's a dinosaur, that's the one that's name is Lucid, right? Yes. Yes. Who's that's not Lucid. Lucid from the comic books because right, they made because a book that's character invented. named Lucid in 2016. Yes. That doesn't look like Yoshi. This, no, guy, literally this guy looks, looks like, like Yoshi. Yoshi with hair. Yeah. So he looks like Yoshi. He has x-ray vision. That's Lucid. He was invented for this show. There's a couple characters who were not invented for this show. They are Sibel and Callisto and who's the third one? Oh, Scaleface, but we're going to meet her way later. She's not here yet. Right now, the only one that's here that's from the comic books is Sibel. And Sibel, you were just talking about how in the comic book, she's a white woman, but they made her 
black for this show. Yes, but she has the same exact power, which is acid shooting out of her hands, which is pretty badass power. I pulled up her wiki and there's not a lot of information here, but all it says. No, she dies in the comics pretty, pretty soon as well. I was reading her info last night. This is sort of interesting because it says, it says Sabelle was one of the Morlocks that lived outside of the main community of Morlocks and the group called the Tunnelers led by Berserker, Ooh. who is in this episode. Yes, he is. And he seems to already know the Morlocks. I don't think it's ever revealed in this show as to why. No, okay, so the last time we were down here, Ray, a.k.a. Berserker, brought yeah. the New Mutants down there to hide because he said he knew some people down there. Yep. And he ran into Caliban, who is not a tunneler. He's a, he's a Morlock. Yep. So... That's really interesting. Oh, my God. Why didn't I do a spotlight on Berserker? Oh, my I God. Know. I did not Sorry. think that. Anyway, so, <laughs> so it says when the Marauders attacked the Morlocks, Sabelle, along with the other mutants, were trapped with the Marauders in a section of the tunnels. Sabelle started to sweat out of nervousness and melted a wall. She attempted to f- help her fellow Morlocks by creating an escape route. Some warlocks got out, but Sabelle was stabbed by one of Harpoon's spears and killed. That's it. That's all. That's yep, her whole story. That's, that's how she dies. But she doesn't die in this episode. She just gets to be a badass using her acid hands. Also, Maddie, if we want to do a spotlight on Berserker, it's literally two paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We can sort of consider this whole episode to be kind of like a running spotlight on the Morlocks and Berserker and the Tunnelers. We can just kind of talk about people's backstories as we sure, go along. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. I like. I didn't even think about it. I was like. There's no new characters in this episode that I haven't done a spotlight There's on. There's like six new characters in this episode. We'll do an official little spotlight on Berserker later, but that's... For right now, we'll just keep on talking about this show and maybe finish it before 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it is 9.30 a.m. right now. It is. So anyway, it's 9.30. The- okay, but so then there's a little girl yeah. who is also invented for this show. Right. And I think her name is Torpid. I don't know. Um. So she's like a little small child and kind of like rogue. She also can't touch people because if she touches people with her skin, they are immediately paralyzed. So they just stand like a statue and they can't move until it wears off. Right. Uh, so that's kind of a sucky power to have because like you can't touch people, but it's not as cool as rogues power where she like becomes super powerful. I don't know. So anyway, torpid is, is has a sad life. Yeah. So anyway, the little girl sneaks up on this guard who's shining the light on the Morlocks and she paralyzes him. So he just stands like a statue. It's actually like a really scary, like horror movie setup where we don't see what she does. And it sounds like she kills him. Like, it sounds like she strangles him to death or something and we don't see it. Well, we don't really know. She's also a completely silent character in this whole episode. She does not speak. So like the camera pans away to show the Morlocks running away and then pans back and shows the guard just standing there like a freaky statue. That's because this like Chucky doll walked up and touched him and he just like froze like that. Basically. I know. It's really scary and then we then get the we go intro. into the x-men evolution opening and then it goes back to what is this place called spear, spear Sports. industries and then we see guy spear for the first time with his little assistant his little butt boy trailing I, after yeah, him i was like what's this like he's- it's so like common for bad guys in animated shows to like have a male simpering assistant you know like it's just i know i kind of love constant. it though. yeah it's always but i mean it is like queer coded though i feel like you know like it is like part of it where it's like look at this bad guy and his butt boy it's okay it's like the best example i can come to is uh gaston and lafu yeah it's exactly the same like, that's yeah. kind of like the vibe we get but also who were those two characters in x-men the animated series that we were like oh they're fucking it was like in the bishop episodes and it was 
Uh, they were time traveling, and one of them was like the Hunchback of yeah, Notre Dame. I know who and you're then, talking about, but I don't remember those characters' names. I mean, also like Trask and Gyrick. I mean, like we we have so many, and like Pyro and Avalanche. Well, okay, but Trask and Gyrick both are characters that have their own. Well, I know, lines. but like on X Men TAS, they were just you know fucking. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> anyway, so Spears walks in. He's screaming. He's like, "What happened? Why everything's broken? Why does this keep happening to me?" He's yes. like, "Did we get any info from the guy, the security guard who was in paralysis?" And his little butt boy is like, "No, <laughs> he's like talking, but everything he's nonsense. saying doesn't make any sense." Which is interesting. So is there sort of like a secondary piece to this little girl's powers where they come out of? being paralyzed and they just like act like they've had a seizure i don't know i you mean know? you could interpret it that way or he could have just been like there was a dinosaur and everybody's like dude what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about he's like yoshi's real i saw him <laughs> and they're like okay this guy clearly needs more time to recover but actually he was 100 percent right yoshi did show up and destroy the warehouse like <laughs> he was right and they should have listened oh my to god him. and so the ceo screams or sorry spears screams next time i want them caught so yes. that's that. Yeah. That, oh, that scene is actually really sad. And I it's know. like, as soon as it started, I was like, I can already see that this is going to be terrible. So it's like, <laughs> this is like high school bullshit, by I the way, know. which is stuff that actually did happen, at least in my high school. Yeah, I know. Like we too. talk about our high school experiences on here. And it's we like, we have to because that's this fucking show is like every week they get bullied. Was anybody else's high schools like this out of control? I like, don't know. Out of curiosity. Like, I mean, I think like public hop school. into the Discord. Yeah. Feel free to write in. We are constantly unloading emotionally on all of you. Yeah. If you want to unload a little bit on us, it's all good. We'll, we could take it. So anyway, there's this poster, a Power 8 poster, not Power Raid, Power 8 keep it straight uh at school and it's got like a skateboarder on it and so these kids are cutting class and they like cut the skateboarder out of the poster because they're like giggling like, and come on go on quick 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 come yeah on, let's go. and they're <laughs> and like they're making like- <laughs> something with it and it's like we don't see what they're making so and also like they're clearly cutting class because then the bell rings and then it's passing time and all the kids come out of their classes so then we get yes. like one of our few comedic plot lines in this episode where we see scott hiding from kitty and we're like why is okay Scott when he first was peeking around the door i thought he was hiding just from people in know, general which is that sad. was my first read but then kitty was like <laughs> walking around she's waving at him and so he runs away into gene they yep. crash into each other it's a very sexual crash by the way i don't know if you felt that yeah, way they're like kind of dating now tbd well, no, they like ran into each other but scott like ran into gene with basically his penis into her vagina it was really yeah central anyway so that happens and then gene is like what the fuck is happening right now and scott is like it's kitty and gene is like run and they both (laughs) run away and it's very funny and kitty's like where'd they go and we're like okie dokie yeah and so we figure something kitty made muffins again or something is what i assume that was my i really thought it was gonna be another cooking thing i like the idea (laughs) that kitty on this show is so crazy smart but to do basic <laughs> things like driving or cooking food she just like cannot Can't manage any of that yeah i know it's funny so then we get back to the sad plot line which is evan going over to his locker and he opens it up and apparently these kids put the skateboarder on like a springboard that pops out and smashes into his face and knocks him over and they drew spikes all over it to like make fun of evan no they didn't draw spikes on it they took actual nails and stuck them in there facing out so if it had hit him it would have like killed like poked out his eyeball because i looked at it again and i'm like no that's a nail on the back end it was like a little circle and on the other side it was like a spike like actual spikes and i was like no they took nails from like 
wood working class and stuck them in there basically yeah so That's like awful. luckily evan doesn't shoot spikes everywhere because i feel like he's so scared by this like it's kind of a good thing he didn't kill well, he everyone jumps, but then he just kind of looks immediately annoyed and this this by the way is the episode that i've been talking about since season one because i've really fallen in love with evan mm-hmm. this round where yep. i'm like watching his he's got the best arc on the show honestly like where he, he does like, this is an interesting app for him yeah, yeah. So anyway, so all these kids are standing there. They're laughing at him. I This brought me back a little bit, too. And I couldn't place my finger on what it was. But like I knew something had, like there were times back in high school where people would do something that would like fuck me up. And then yeah. everyone would stand there and laugh and leave. I don't I don't know. High school was awful. It was fucking bad. It was bad. I'm still trying to unpack it in therapy. And my therapist is like was kind of unprepared for how bad it was going to be. Yeah. It's like, I'm back and I have another story about how terrible everything was. No, it's, it's more like, like oh we'll God. start a therapy session and somewhere about the 45 minute mark, we realize that the trauma that I am trying to unpack still goes back to high school. And we're like, oh, good. Great. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, they are your formative years. But yeah, so then there's this other kid named Andy right. or Andrew, um, and he is going to sort of be a central figure in this episode. What's interesting about him is that he's actually the same guy who in the previous episode was macking on rogue and kitty and being like hey you guys are mutants uh oh, can is you it read really? my mind I yeah i recognized him but i couldn't remember he's that same guy so we already have if if you have like an absurd memory or if you're reading the x-men evolution wiki every time you watch an episode like i am which is what maddie does yeah you can be like oh so this guy fetishizes mutants a little bit like that's some important information about this kid yeah. So he goes up to Evan and he's like trying to console him. Right. Also, this kid is somebody who is also picked on for other reasons, which yep. I honestly read as him being gay. Yeah. I was like, this is uh, this, this or nerdy like a gay nerd kid. or like something. Right. Something's up with him. He annoys people. I don't whatever. Know, the nerds seem to do okay in this universe because fucking arcade is there and like yeah. I don't know. People hang out with him and he's like the super nerd on this show. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about arcade. Anyway, so Andy's like, this school's full of clowns. I kind of learned to shrug it off. Otherwise, they keep picking on you. And he like helps Evan stand back up. And Evan just says, yeah, and like doesn't engage, basically. And Andy is like, hey, I know you, Evan Daniels, right? You're one of the mutants. And Evan sort of sarcastically is like, what was your first clue? Yeah, Evan is done with everybody at this I point. I know. I like it, though. I like it. And Andy's like, I saw you guys on the news and I was thinking, whoa, superpowers. How cool is that? I wish I could do that stuff. And it's like Evan is like, again, not engaging. And the scene just kind of ends. And I was like, this is sort of interesting. Like Evan is not into being fetishized in this type of way. Like it's it's right. He's like, I don't know what your deal is yeah it's just interesting so then outside kitty is walking around she's looking for scott and gene the donkey kong soundtrack is playing yeah it is playing the donkey kong soundtrack it's like it's like oh it's gonna be like kitty kitty p-r-y d e you gotta get away from the kitty oh my god okay so anyway scott and gene are hiding in his convertible which I don't know. Terrible place to hide. Like, you can see right into it. <laughs> I know. This is such a high school thing where they're literally just curled in little balls and on the seats, maybe there. making out a little bit. Yep, I don't know. Yep, yep. And then she walks away and Gene's like, all right, get us out of here. And then Kurt teleports in front of them. Yep. And he's like, you won't believe this. Kitty actually got her driver's permit. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> and Gene and Gene's Scott got are like, like, we know. We know. <laughs> And she is looking for any licensed 18-year-old to ride with her. 
We know. <laughs> I bet the professor will ask one of you to do it. And they scream, we, we know. know. And they Just like off. Ryan waking up in the morning, they scream, we know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So anyway, then Kitty does see them. And she's running after the, the car. car. Being going, she's going, wait, let me drive. And then she sees Rogue. And she's like, hey, Rogue. So when do you turn 18? And Rogue looks so annoyed. And it's really <laughs> so funny. funny. Also, I was like, is this like a question about driving or is this like also a sex question kitty what is going know. on i don't know i think it's a question about driving but mostly i was just like oh my god now we know how old everybody is yeah finally finally okay we know that kitty is 16 we yep. know rogue is 17 because she asked how long it will be until she turns 18 and we yes. know gene and scott are, are also 18 we have to assume that Kurt is the same age as Kitty, so he's probably 16. And Evan, I mean, he's got to be... I would guess 17? I don't know. Yeah, because he is able to leave and go on his own, which he wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This is different. It, people were abandoning children back in the 90s for being gay, so... I mean, I... Yeah, I interpreted it as Evan is not 18. He's just making this choice anyway. Right. But we can get there when we get there. Is that all the kids that that aren't the new mutants? I think so. Those are all the main kids. Also, that's good to know that like Gambit's like 19 and Rogue's 17. That makes it a lot easier for you to mentally deal with Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, but I, I mean, as you point out, like Rogue or Logan and Storm and Beast are still way older than the kids. Well, so. there's nothing we can do about that. You know, it's <laughs> never going to be resolved. It's just a mistake. So I, like, we'll it's move just a on. huge mistake. It is. Anyway, so then we go to Evan skateboarding down the street and Andy's like running after him trying to keep up with Evan skateboarding and Evan is just annoyed. Wait, is his name Andy, you said? Yeah, Andy or Andrew. They call him both on the show. Okay. Yeah, so Evan is like annoyed and he's like, you know, most kids don't want anything to do with us. Why are you following me? And Andy's like, just being friendly. And then they <laughs> skate by some this group of jocks. Yep. And then this is where Andy like reveals his true uh, intentions here. Yeah, this kid is like awful because the know. kid is like, "Hey, tough guys, remember me? You threw my books in the dumpster yesterday." And the jocks are like, "You want us to throw you in today?" And the kid's like, "Why don't you try it, fathead? Could see I've got a mutant friend now." Yeah. And that's when Evan's like, "Whoa, this is why you're hanging with me to fight your fights? I've got enough problems. I don't need yours." And then the jocks start beating the shit out of Evan anyway. Yeah. And it's like, why did Andy think this was going to fucking work? Like, what an asshole. Like, he basically just set Evan up to, like, use his cool mutant powers on these kids. And it's like... Evan's not going to kill these kids for Honestly, you, dude. Honestly, the could, kid could have come up to Evan and said, at the locker scene, and be like, I'm sorry those kids are harassing you. They harass me every day. I'm also ostracized by them all the time and really afraid to be near other people because of them beating me up. Do you want to hang out? And Evan probably would have been sympathetic to that. Yeah, but that isn't what the guy was actually doing. He was just seeing Evan as like a way to look cooler and be safer yeah. because he's like, well, everybody's terrified of like this one black kid at school. So like, I'm just going to try to get him to hang out with me. And it's like, I don't know. I, I felt like it was interesting. Like again, Evan is like often the only black kid in a lot of these situations. And like, I read him as a queer kid. Like, I just, I just think it's like an interesting, like additional layer of messaging that this show does where it's like, Evan has the spotlight on him at all times. You know what I mean? And like, he can't hide who he is, which is also what this episode is about is like his spikes keep coming out and he can't hide them anymore. And like, I don't know. I just, it's sad, but it's also like, it feels like a relatable episode to a lot of kids 
in this time period, you know? Oh, I agree. I agree. So anyway, the jocks start pushing Evan around and like the main bully is like saying Evan's name like very flirtatiously. I'm just saying it's weird. Um, so then... <laughs> what? Well, because he was like, Evan, yeah. Evan. <laughs> I was like, what is this voice acting performance? Um, <laughs> and like one of the bullies is like, where's your thorns? Show us what you got. And like then we see Kurt and Amanda walking down the street as well and they overhear this happening and Kurt right. is like, oh my God, fuck, I have to help out. And so Andy, by the way, is on the sidelines, like, come on, Evan, fight back. And like, Evan eventually grows his spikes, and they're like huge spikes that are growing out of his arms and his back. Like, bigger than we've seen them yes. when he's shot little spikes out. Yeah, like, he's like a huge spiky guy now. And the jocks look really fucking scared all of a sudden because they're like, whoa, this guy's gonna murder us. And then yeah. Kurt runs up next to Evan and smiles, and he's like, show's over. Thanks for coming. And then, like, <laughs> grabs Evan's arm and they bamf it away into like safety basically and right. that is the end of that scene i was sort of wondering watching this like does kurt know that evan can't put the spikes away or did he I just don't think he does know that i think he just knows that evan is so angry and also hurt in that moment that kurt is going to be sympathetic to him that's what i read it as yeah i just thought it was interesting because like after the fight ends Evan doesn't immediately put away the spikes. And like, I sort of wondered if Kurt saw that and was like, oh, fuck, we got to get out of here. Or like, to what extent the other kids are noticing that Evan is having a lot of trouble retracting his spikes whenever he... No, I don't think anybody really knows except for Rogue, who is like... Because remember, they had a little moment in the last episode where Rogue was like, you got to put your spikes away. And Evan's Uh, like, I can't. And Rogue's like, okay, just focus you can do this like yeah. rogue's the only one who really seems to know yep yeah unless rogue told her little brother i don't know she might so. have i don't know i don't know so anyway then there's a new scene um gina now, scott now we go back to the, com- the comedy I know, we go part back of the, to the show. comedy because this show is so serious and they're like we have to give them more of this kitty plot line so gina scott walking to xavier's office he's waiting next to a fire because it's lit at all times um <laughs> it's like the middle of the day it's I 3 know. 3 p.m he's lit the fire yep. he's just sta- he's sitting in front of it with his fingers crossed like he <laughs> like always mr. does mr burns yeah and he's like waiting for them he does look like mr burns on this show i know i know and so gina's like you wanted to see us and xavier's like yes i have a very special assignment it'll be challenging so i need someone with nerves of steel and then logan walks in and he's like sounds dangerous and it's like oh my god logan were you just waiting outside the door like what was this i don't even know and xavier's like it very well could be and logan's like then i'll do it i could use a good adrenaline rush and jaden's got kind of exchange a look because they know that it's giving kitty driving lessons like they already know what's going on right and Scott is like, okay, Logan, no problem. It's yours. And Jean's like, but you owe us, Logan. And then the two of them like run out of the room, basically. <laughs> they like literally run. Yeah. And Logan is like, so what's the thing? Any explosives involved? And Xavier holds up some car keys and is like, hopefully not. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> and then there's and a then smash cut to Kitty driving while screaming, yeah, let's get on the freeway. <laughs> I know. I know. She's like driving towards the gate and Logan screaming he's like wait he's for like, the wait gate for the gate wait for the gate and kitty just phases right through it yeah it's she phases great. through the entire gate and then like tokyo drifts around the corner like 
It's like crazy. <laughs> it's some initial D level shit over here. So then we go back to the sad shit again. Evan is walking yep. down the mansion hallway. He's still got all of his spikes out because he can't put them away. And then Aurora sees him and she's like, uh, Evan? Evan, you okay there? And Evan just screams, not now, Antio, and slams his bedroom door 60 times. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was kind of like a flashback to high school with all the door yep. slamming. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. Then he's sitting on the, the end of his bed, right? And he looks pretty sad. Yep. And he looks at the mirror and he like breathes deep and does he do, basically does what Rogue to, told him to do in the last episode where he breathes, he focuses and he pulls his spikes back in. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting about this scene is that he's struggling. It sounds like he's in actual pain trying to retract. Yeah, them. it's tough. And then so he manages to retract them and then he like takes off his shirt to like check himself and there's still spikes down the back of his spine and he's like right. what is happening to me like he couldn't actually retract them all this is different than the way we've seen him with spikes on his back there's a full like like skeletal dinosaur yeah, yeah yeah it's not i mean clearly he can't get rid of it at this point so that's kind of scary no, and then after that it goes back to, to kitty. kitty he's coming back <laughs> and it reveals that she's phased through so many signs that they're just permanently stuck in the x van yeah <laughs> and there's like a parking meter and like a bunch of quarters fall out of it like oh my god it's so funny and then he logan kicks the door open he stomps up to xavier he dramatically throws the keys at xavier's lap and says some erotic thing about making xavier owe him later and gene and scott and i was like uh what is he gonna do like bone them all like <laughs> No, and Xavier's expression is animated here to be like, what the fuck? Like, it's kind of funny. I was like, I don't know what to make of his expression in here. You know, it's funny that Xavier is not giving these lessons. He could. He doesn't need to do anything. He could. He could just. He gets tricked into giving one at the very end of the episode. I know. I love that. I know. I loved that was it the best part. I loved it too. Okay, so it then too. it goes through this other scene where I guess it's like. <laughs> now she's now kitty's looking to it's been like two seconds and kitty's now trying to find somebody else to drive with her she's addicted to driving gene and scott are passing by the door and they hear kitty being like anyone know where scott or gene are and gene just picks up scott telekinetically yes and, she goes, and like throws him through a door like tel- telekinetically levitates him through a door into kitty <laughs> i love it and she's like it's either going to be you or me and it's not going to be me and i'm like <laughs> I, I really love the version of gene gray on this tv show it's so good it's really funny i enjoy it a lot too and so then you like overhear kitty being like hey scott i was just looking for you like as gene is like slowly creeping away and it's pretty pretty good okay i actually you know what i think it might be the next morning i don't even think it's the same day oh as you could kitty. be right yeah because like the next scene is evan drinking milk because it's now 9 a.m i just don't think they did a good job at showing that animating these two different shots like yeah it was clearly one day before and then it's like the next morning but it's still daylight and kitty is still looking for people <laughs> to drive her and everybody's wearing the same clothes but like yeah that's the way i took it and evans evans chugging milk like he's at the bar like he's doing shots of milk like they're whiskey he's just like zoning out and like drinking glass after glass of milk and so then berserkers across the table from him and he's like evan can anyone else have that milk or what's going on bud and evan like (laughs) reaches over to pass the carton of milk over and then sees his own hand is now covered with spikes yes and so he like continues passing the milk and then like hides his hand under his sleeve and berserker doesn't even notice and he's like thanks anyway did you enter that power eight skate this morning and evan's like yeah why and berserker's like i think it's about to start okay i I laughed really hard at this because it just is a very subtle nod to the fact that evan's never on time for anything (laughs) i know 
It really truly was Ryan Pagella for, it I don't know, you. the first it's 30 years you. of my life. <laughs> yeah. So then we go over to a big skate park. There's like a huge contest and Guy Spears, the one hosting the event. And he's talking into a microphone in the, to the crowd, introducing himself. And he's like, welcome to the first annual Power 8 skate competition, introducing our new sports quencher, which blends vitamins and toxic eliminators so you athletes can totally clear the edge. What the fuck is a toxic eliminator? What is that? I don't know, but it turns out it's poisonous. Is that like even like a real thing? In, it's not I don't anything. Know, anything. I don't know. Um, and so then he finishes introducing the competition and like throughout all of it, we see like the X-Men are in the crowd and like Kurt is screaming for Evan and it's really cute. And then the skaters all come out and like Evan does a bunch of really cool tricks on the half pipe. And like, so does everybody else. And by the way, Evan is wearing long pants, long sleeves, fingerless gloves. Like he is like fully covering his body just as an aside. This is like a whole Tony Hawk skate montage we're about to watch. Also, it's 9 a.m. And I'm like, there's like a stadium full of people. I'm like, I really like since when do people show up at 9 a.m. to watch a skateboarding thing like i don't why is it so early is also my other question <laughs> i don't know i don't know also i just googled about this like uh, toxic limiters and drinks it's not a thing the closest i can find is doing toxin flushes like if you're gonna do a detox yeah but i mean even that is like only sometimes a real thing like it's you know like it's not always real like uh, right exactly so this is like just a bunch of bullshit made up for this show although somebody can write in if they're well, like yes it's science fiction uh, this is when somebody's gonna write in and be like actually ryan and maddie you're still wrong <laughs> i don't think so because that's the that's the ingredient that ends up being poisonous to mutants which at sure. least initially guy spear i mean so we assume didn't know we don't we don't know. We we'll can talk about that when we get to the end of the episode. Sure. But that is the ingredient that's poisonous. So I think they made it up for the show. Sure. You know, because right, it's right. science fiction. Also, Callisto is here. She's dressed like Gambit. Yes. So Callisto is dressed like Gambit. So then we get a break between events at the skate park. I love park. the idea that Callisto is here dressed in this like extremely goth outfit to blend in in this world of yes! skaters. And I'm like, and she's like hiding in the bushes. And it's like, Callisto, you could just walk around. She's, she's hiding underneath the bleachers at one point. I'm like, dude. It's so silly. Anyway, so. So she she is like spying on Evan and the other skaters while they're on a break and they're all drinking this power eight, which is free. And so they're all drinking it. And Evan like lifts up one of the bottles to his mouth and Callisto like runs into him and knocks it out of his hand and whispers poison at him. I actually loved how dramatic it was because I liked it. Callisto could have like also just walked up to him and be like, don't drink that. It's poison, but it's Callisto. So she like knocks it out of his hand and she's like, and like keeps poison. running and he's like, no one can see me. No one can see me. Oh yeah. She's okay. so, so by the way, there's a couple things I made note of one. They show a bunch of the skaters and I don't think it was intentionally to be this way or maybe it was, but there's a girl who looks exactly like boom, boom, who looks like she's also skating. It can't be boom, boom though, because if it were, then she couldn't drink the soda. That's true. Unless she isn't drinking it and she just has vodka in there. <laughs> god and i would also ruin her skating I know. and also like this whole i'm not kidding when i say it's a tony hawk montage there's skating for i don't know five full minutes yeah there's a lot of skating he's playing like the music of 2004 which is basically like sonic adventure where it's like 
follow me set me free yeah. trust me and we will escape from the city like that's what's playing in the background yeah and so evan is doing all these fucking amazing tricks the other skateboarders are wiping out and so like clearly evan is going to win this competition and in the stands okay, aurora, aurora has like a, a yeah. like a line here where she's like i had no idea he was this good i'm like really storm because all of his training room sessions in the danger room is him like skateboarding. a skate park yeah yeah i did think it was cute that kurt was like this is his world like i thought that was a cute well, line. i also like i Okay, I love that Kurt said that, but I also read it as like Kurt being like, uh, duh, you should see what he does in bed. <laughs> yeah, he's a real acrobat. So anyway, <laughs> then um, Evan rolls up next to another competitor who confronts him. And I don't actually right. know how they found this out, but somehow this other competitor knows Evan is a mutant and is like screaming at Evan to disqualify himself. What do you mean you don't know how they found this out? They literally put a picture of him on TV when the mutants were revealed yeah, and they're like right. Evan Daniels of Bayville High. No, you're right. You're right. So the, this other guy who we don't know or at least I didn't know if he was ever seen before was like screaming at Evan no, to disqualify himself. Time. And Evan is like, I didn't use my powers. And so then Guy Spear walks up to like break up these fight, this fight between the, these two competitors. He's like, what's going on? He's like, boys be boys. Yeah. And the rival skater is like, this guy's a mutant. He's cheating. And Guy Spear's like, you're a mutant? And Evan's like, yeah, but my powers have nothing to do with my skating. And like the other guy like is pushing him and is like, you're a liar. And Guy Spears like, cool it. Anyway, I have to go talk to the judges about this, which is immediately like, okay, Evan's going to get fucked over. And Evan assumes that too. And he's like, forget it. I know exactly where this is going. I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And so he just it's walks sad. out and it's really fucking sad. But also I think Evan's right. Like, okay. But also like, here's the thing. I'd even read that as queer coding so much as him just being black. Yeah. And being disqualified because at this for point, black. like everyone else in the scene is white. And I, again, was thinking about like, sports competitions and like the number of times that like they come up with reasons why black people don't get to compete or like you know trans people don't get to compete i mean it's like again like all these things we see in the news constantly that's like right. any number of reasons and it's like if you're non-normative in any way you don't yes. get to compete. and right now we're hearing a lot about it again because of the olympics. the olympics so i was just thinking about all of this i have not consumed any olympics at all yeah i think the olympics are really fucked up the only time i've ever watched olympics and i'm somebody who loves watching like athletes do their thing like i absolutely love that uh, i don't i don't know i only watch it if it's on if i'm out somewhere like i don't seek the olympics out mostly because the olympics are also incredibly fucked up they in a are. lot of ways they're really fucked up they're really corrupt but anyway so i was thinking about that since the olympics are already on so evan is heading out of the stadium and on his way out he grabs one of the free power rates and he starts drinking it and callisto sees him from the bushes and she's like no but it's too late and so then yeah. Evan, as soon as he drinks this, his powers go like totally haywire and he shoots like huge spikes at everything and they hit the scoreboard, which is like this massive towering scoreboard that's like collapsing onto the crowd and like Storm has to create this huge wind to push it backwards so it doesn't fall on everybody and Bobby freezes it. But the entire crowd is like screaming and running away and like people are stampeding basically. Yeah, some like a person knocks a child over the edge yes. of the bleachers, and Kurt has to teleport over and save him. There's yeah. a lot of shit happen. It's and like intense. Evan is writhing in pain and screaming and vomiting, and it's awful. Yeah, and Aurora's like running around screaming for Evan, and like Evan runs away. 
And Aurora finds the empty drink bottle or almost empty drink right. bottle. And she's like, what and she's the like, fuck? what is happening? Yeah. And so I think I think this is when Aurora picked it up and brought it back to Xavier's Institute later. Yes. So then Evan goes back to the amphitheater yeah. where she saved Beast. I thought, I thought, that, thought was that was interesting. A good, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's, it's like a callback to like, this is where he felt safe to another character who transformed into what he considered himself a monster yes and also like this is where beast was having a meltdown and like now evan gets to go have his meltdown Evan's like writhing in full plane by the way yeah and callisto walks over and evan can't even do anything yeah he's just scared like staring at her and he's like what do you want who's the, okay who's the kitty pride dude that walks through the wall and just like grabs him um that guy's name is facade i think he's also invented for the show he can, he's a chameleon. He he can't do what Kitty does. He can just blend into the wall. Yeah. Oh, he he was just already there. Uh, yeah, he was invented for the X Men Evolution show. So it says a mutant boy with camouflage powers who can blend in with his surrounding. Yeah. Okay, so that's who that is. There's so many new characters in this episode. There's, I don't know. It's really strange that they invented new morlocks when there are so many morlocks in the comics to choose from i know it's like why did they invent so many morlocks and also why did they not invent sabelle and Scaleface? i don't know at least it's better than that one scene in x-men the animated series where they like <laughs> panned over all the morlocks and they were just like a bunch of like cartoon characters that had no faces yeah. yeah i know it was really funny yeah all the morlocks are pretty cool looking in this right so anyway the morlocks all surround evan and then the little girl reaches out and paralyzes him we don't see him it's kind of a horror thing where you just see her reaching towards the camera and yep. then it goes to a commercial break. Yep. Then it goes back to Kitty, <laughs> who's driving Scott's car crazily across the front lawn of the mansion, by the way. Yep. And she doesn't turn it off. She just puts it in park and <laughs> runs through the car yep. screaming at Kurt, asking about Evan. Evan and if he's okay. And Scott's like holding on to the dashboard still, like his fingers <laughs> like are like... Yeah, and he, he pulls them off and his fingers are still curled. And I thought this was a really great use of animation yeah. where they did the the view from in front of the rear view mirror, right? Yeah. And so it's going through there and it looks like he's green. And I think he's supposed to seem green like he's sick, like actually visibly sick from Kitty's driving which by the way i think is low-key funny that kitty's driving is worse than like fucking corsair throwing scott and alex out of plane that blows up and catches on fire <laughs> I mean, maybe like it's like taking him back to that bad place that he's like completely I mean, repressed at this point where he's like the last time i was in a in a vehicle like this it was my father crashing 16 planes <laughs> oh my god and that's what scott says he says i never want to ride in another vehicle again as long as i live and it's like oh my god <laughs> scott like wow a little dramatic but you know you're right it could be ptsd i don't think that's what they were going i don't for think so either show. it's supposed to be funny <laughs> uh so then beast is inside and he's checking samples of the power rate and so is xavier because xavier can just do science now i know i don't know why xavier is also helping out but he's like looking at some some test tubes i don't know why didn't they have beast leave this scene beast is already there there where he's wearing like this professor outfit that's like basically doctor who it's like really funny it's like he's wearing like a little uh professor overcoat vest mm -hmm. thing yeah. i don't know how else to describe it it looks like the doctor when matt smith played him. <laughs> like he's just in cosplay yeah so he's he was on his way to a convention but he, he was waylaid by this so xavier's looking at some test tubes and he's like it's odd how i'm not getting the same adverse reaction with non-mutant cells and meanwhile i was like 
whose human cells are these? How do they have any access to human cells? <laughs> I don't know. There were all those kids that were in the X-Mansion for a party and like Xavier mind wiped them all. Xavier like stole samples it's from probably them. Arcade. It's probably Moira. I don't know. Anyway, so Aurora's like, what does that mean? Is it poison? Has Evan been poisoned? And she's freaking out, understandably. Right. And so Xavier's like, though it would appear Powerade is harmless to others, so-called toxic eliminators are hazardous to mutants, even through skin contact. And Aurora's like, Charles, we have to fucking find Evan immediately which she is right um so then we go back to the morlocks and they're all underground they're like whispering we get to kind of see a look at where the morlocks live which of course is like this dilapidated sewers where everybody's just sleeping on the ground i have always wondered like where exactly the morlocks live that people don't find them and i just have to assume it's sort of like abandoned subway systems and sewers that aren't used anymore i think it's they're probably also transient as well like i think they probably move around a lot so that they never get caught which would explain why they don't have beds they're just sort of like sleeping wherever they can i mean they're homeless you know like homeless it's it's I mean, it's sad. Yeah. So then we see Caliban as well. And so we're like, okay, cool. Like now we remember that guy. And Evan is like lying on a stone bench. He's like writhing in pain. One of the Morlocks gives him like some chicken broth or something to drink. And Evan just coughs. And then when he wakes up, he's like, sees all the Morlocks and he's like, what's going on? And Callista walks up and she's like, it's the power eight. It's dangerous for mutants. I told you not to drink it. And Evan is like still in pain and like barely able to talk. And he's like asking if he's going to be okay. And Callisto's like, we can use your symptoms, but you must rest. Don't worry, Evan. You're with the Morlocks. We understand you, which is like kind of a nice thing to say. And Evan falls back asleep because he kind of feels safe here in a weird right. way. Also, he's so sick. I know. Like he can't really do anything else. He just kind of has to deal with the situation he's in. Right. So then later, Evan wakes up and he overhears the Morlocks talking or Caliban and Callisto are talking. They are having a conversation about how they brought Evan here and Caliban thinks it was a mistake. And Callisto's like, I had to, even if he wasn't poisoned, you've seen his mutation with those plates growing on his skin. They'll never accept him topside. And Caliban's like, yeah, but they're going to keep looking for him. And then Lucid walks up. Wait, 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 like, wait. I, it's funny that you use his real name. Cause I'm just following along. Like I also wrote down this whole scene and it, it's like, Caliban, Callisto, Caliban. Yoshi says. <laughs> Yoshi recites Sorry, that's why a I poem. started laughing. Yoshi's yes. like, night has fallen. And it's like, oh my God, dude, who says night has fallen? Um, and then he's like talking about how if they're breaking back into Spear Industries again, they could actually use Evan's help. And Caliban's like, we can't trust him yet. And then Evan just walks up to them and he's like, hey guys, what's he's like, going on? Why are you down here, by the way? Yeah. And now, by the way, his spikes are starting to grow out of his face. Yes. There's spikes actually coming out of his facial pores. Yep. Like, this is not an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. He's got spikes all over, buddy. He is yeah. unable to hide who he is. And Callisto is right. like, the world is not a kind place for mutants who look like us or you. And she sort of like reaches out to touch his face. Right. And the spikes. And she's like, here we find acceptance and safety, but it's not safe anymore. And Evan's like, why? And she's like, power eight. It's seeped into every tunnel. When Spear cleans out his vats, this is where it goes. We're all being poisoned. Some of us will not survive unless we stop him. And Evan wants to help. And then Caliban senses that Berserker is there in the sewers looking for Evan. Right. And Callisto looks down the tunnel and she's like, I see in the dark, Ray, you can't sneak up on us. And this is like, I feel like the first clue that they know him because she knows his real name. Yes, it is the first clue. Also, I loved the voice acting here where Callisto was like, come on, don't do this. (laughs) Don't be fucking stupid. Yep. 
Yep. And so then Berserker walks down the tunnel towards them and he's like, you got to know that by dragging Evan into this, the X-Men won't be far behind. And Callisto's like, only if you tell them, will you? And then the little girl the freezes Berserker. Yeah, freezes she's him. like, Wah! Yeah. yeah. Um, so then <laughs> Berserker, like <laughs> Berserker is frozen briefly. So yes. then um, the Morlocks break into the spear warehouse yet again. Sabelle uses her acid powers and... Yoshi looks through a wall. Yoshi looks through a wall to see who's on the other side. Evan spikes the security cameras. Um, there's a shot of Guy Spear walking into the surveillance camera room and realizing that the guy sitting there has been paralyzed by the little girl. Yes. And like knocking yeah, it's him actually, over. It's, a, it's, it's again a another scene. horror shot. Yeah. Like he walks in, the guy's just frozen there with this coffee with this look that looks like he's screaming, but in like place yeah and then spears knocks him open the dude just falls backwards yeah and he's like shit it's fucked up it's actually kind of hot <laughs> the morlocks are dumping a bunch of powder into the powerade vats and callisto's like this is going to taint the entire supply and it's going to gum up the plumbing i don't know what they're even putting in there flour i don't know um so then down in the morlock tunnels berserker unfreezes and there's a bunch of Morlocks there, including Scaleface, who's this punk rock lady who can turn into a huge fucking dinosaur. And Berserker yeah, knows her as well. Right. And is like, Scaleface, you gotta let me go. Which is just interesting. It's just interesting that he knows these characters. And it's never gonna be explained. <laughs> no, it's not. But we have to sort of draw our own conclusions. Also, quick history lesson. Scaleface was with a group of Morlocks who had survived the mutant massacre. X-Factor saved them and allowed them to stay at their complex. When Berserker decided to leave, she reluctantly followed him. Scaleface was later shot by a policeman as he thought that she was trying to attack him. Uh, she was resurrected later on by Black Talon, I believe. I'm trying to read this real quick, and that's <laughs> that's it. But it says that she was died anyway. So yeah. she was revived again during the techno-organic virus per- implanted by Eli Vard. So she's been back and forth. And she was also on Utopia when Celine did that. So she's a character that basically was like a Morlock and she got shot for being a mutant. And then she was resurrected a bunch of times by like, I don't know, Celine, the techno organic virus, all the fun facts. Yeah. And she could turn into a dragon. Yeah. She looks so cool. She's so, so awesome. It's kind of sad that she doesn't like exist more in the comic books because that's such a cool character. Yeah. The Morlocks all have such cool powers, but like they're not. There's, there's another X-Men that can turn into a dragon. And that's Evangeline Whedon. And I don't think she goes by a code name, but she also turns into like a dragon lady. But she basically has the same powers as Skillface. Mm-hmm. Skillface is a really cool name, by the way. It anyway, is. so Berserker manages to blast himself out into a sewer grate, into an alleyway, and like escape Skillface's huge dragon arm. Yep. And then he immediately calls Xavier on his cell phone and is like, I know where Evan is. And it's like, okay, dude, whatever. So then we go to the warehouse where the Morlocks, along with Evan, new Morlock, are breaking in together and destroying all the vats of liquid and putting the powder in. Right. And then Guy Spear charges in with a bunch of guards and is like, fire! And the guards shoot tasers, which like electrocute the little girl. You know what's crazy, by the way, is like the first person they shoot is a child. I know. It's really fucked up anyway they shoot her and she's like falling to her death off of this massive vat and evan manages to catch her by one of her huge gloves because obviously he can't touch her and so he saves her and the tasers punch holes in some of the vats and a a power supply which explodes like this is like wildly dangerous and didn't help anything at all and then all the vats start falling over and like all the liquid starts pouring out of them and it's poisonous to mutants by the way so suddenly all the morlocks need to run for their lives from this tidal wave of poison that will kill them if they are touched by it so they are all running away through the sewer tunnels as this like tidal wave is following them 
Evan like makes a little like ladder up the side of the wall out of spikes, but they aren't like climbing up to anything. There's like nothing there. They're just trying to get above this extremely poisonous liquid. Yeah, basically. But like it's it's getting higher and higher. And then luckily, Gene and Cyclops were after them, and presumably Gene sensed where Evan was. And so yeah. Cyclops uses I beam to like bust through the ceiling to clear the hole, and Gene floats down and uses her powers to levitate. Each of the Morlocks out one by one onto the street and they all manage to get free before the, the red liquid reaches them, which is like terrifying. Right. So yes. storm is causing a huge rainstorm outside and Evan is like, what is she doing? And Jean is like diluting it, which is like, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Like not just in that area over the entire city of New York, she's creating a torrential downpour because it will go into the sewers. She's like flooding New York city to wash all of the poison away out into the ocean. Which is, how, oh god that is such a perfect move for storm of all characters to do i loved it and also like they show sort of this long slow montage of all the rainwater coursing through the sewers and the streets and stuff i liked it it's like sort of a right. quiet moment where you're sort of resetting and you're like okay the x-men are trying to do their best to fix this i'm just grateful that storms managed to do things i know in the i really liked this <laughs> yeah i liked this first storm i thought it was cool because it's like this very like paternal action that she's doing for evan like she's saving him and also mutants um so then gene and scott are standing around and evan's behind them for a second but then he's suddenly gone and he goes with the morlocks of course and so then storm lands next to gene and scott and she's like where did evan go and scott's like they all disappeared basically like evan's with the morlocks now right and beast flies over in the x helicopter This this by the way it never went there because the show didn't continue long enough but it was absolutely going to set up the power battle between Callisto and Storm. Oh, totally. Totally. And I feel like she has a perfect motivation now that they've invented Evan. Well, exactly. And that's why I was like, I'm sad we didn't get to see where season four was going to go. I know. And so Storm is like begging them to help her find him. And Scott is like, we're not going to give up Storm. So then... Right. Over at Spear Sports, it's daytime and Xavier is touring the facility and talking to Spear. He's doing that thing that Xavier does where he's like, if we just talk to humans, they'll, they'll understand, understand us, us and they'll work with us. It's again, another situation where Xavier decided that <sighs> going into this guy's mind or even brainwashing him was not a thing to do. And it's like, no, ugh, I know Xavier. <laughs> Xavier, you could have read this dude's mind. I would have been okay with that. Yeah. That would have been really helpful for you and like every mutant. But instead, you're just like... I just trust him. I'm just going to decide to trust this yeah, guy. Stop tr- Why does he trust humans? I, I don't, don't understand. No, but anyway, Xavier trusts this guy and he's... And Guy Spear's like, you have to believe me. I didn't know it was dangerous to mutants. And Xavier's like, I believe you, Mr. Spear. And Guy Spear's like, if they just told me, why didn't they say anything? And Xavier's like, these people, they've learned not to trust anyone. I'm afraid they've seen the dark side of human nature too many times they now only depend on themselves okay so this line wasn't just for the morlocks it was also like very specifically for evan yes you know i know and i i thought that this episode was going to be like xavier's right the morlocks were too mean and they should have trusted humans but luckily that isn't the lesson but also the actual lesson is so dark because the lesson is like you shouldn't trust anyone well i mean evan's this black queer mutant child that's like yeah i'm gay i'm black i'm also a mutant. i stand out i can't hide anything about myself like everything about me is immediately apparent i hate school i hate authority i mean he, he's the character that's been fighting against xavier's dreams since season one the only reason he's there is because xavier was like haha you'll be in prison unless i protect you which like was yeah, so fucked what the up fuck is that i don't know yeah uh so now the x-men are looking for evan in the morlock tunnels yep. and eventually 
Storm runs into him because Evan reveals himself. He walks out. He's like, I'm here. And Storm's like, Evan. And Evan's like, wait, stay back. I'm, I'm going through some changes, which read to me is like, he's like, I think I'm really dangerous right now and I don't know how to control this. Yeah. And Storm's like, that doesn't matter. Let me take you home. And Evan's like, no, not right now. I just got to take a break. Everything's so crazy right now, which again, reads to me not only about his mutation, but like literally everything that's happened to the X-Men at the end of season two. And, and also just season his three. own sense of self is kind of how I read yeah. it was that he was like, I want to hang out with these other queer people who don't pass either. And like, this is where I fit in is with these other people who understand what I'm going through. And like, I can't keep going to school and pretending I can fit in there. Like Xavier is forcing me to be closeted and like fit in and like, yes, he's forcing me to be in this white person's school. And also like the other option is to be somebody like beast who never leaves the house again. You know, like, that's not something or Evan go to wants. jail because that's Xavier's other yeah. option. Well, okay. Xavier at the beginning of the show was like, you can only get out of jail if you let do everything I want. Yep. And then when Evan wasn't doing that, he was like, I'm going to manipulate a role right now. So we get rid of Evan. Like yes. Xavier has <sighs> been not God. there for him since day one. I know. So then storm's like, please let me help you through this. And Evan's like, please don't worry about me or look for me. Just don't even come and find me. I'm with friends yeah. now. Goodbye on to you. Yeah. And then he walks over and the Morlocks are like standing there in the shadows, like waiting for him. And then they all disappear into like a secret doorway that storm can't find. I know. And storm, storm does scream his name, but yeah. then the look that storm has, I mean, it's obviously sad, yeah. but it's also like, I feel like storm here has failed Evan. She feels that way. I mean, I, it kind of seems like she has on some level. Remember in season two when Evan was like not doing well at school and yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm failing him. Yeah. And to her at this point, this is her being like, no, I did fail. I am terrible. But I also feel like in this way, Storm can't relate to Evan, you know? Like, she can't. She, I, mean, I mean, they're both going through very different things. I mean, Storm... She can pass for human. Like, she she can turn her powers on and off whenever she wants to. Like, I mean, she's got white hair or whatever, but she may just rock that. So It's not to say... Yeah, I mean, it's not to say she doesn't experience racism and like she still has difficulties in life but like okay you know I wish they didn't they've not done this on any of the TV shows but somebody pointed out that in the comic books that whenever Storm does weather stuff her hair changes to match what the weather is doing oh and yeah I'm like, why haven't they done that in these cartoons I know that would be really badass but like Evan is just in a different situation plus he's a kid I don't know it's just it's very different and he can't follow Xavier's rules in the same way like I mean he never could I know he, he and Xavier did not see eye to eye on anything yeah well same buddy same um so, so after this incredibly sad <laughs> scene know. then we get a funny scene uh, yeah, Xavier's leaving Spears Industries he gets into the limo and he goes all right, Logan, let's drive. And Kitty reveals that she's wearing a little driver's cap. Yep. And she's like, Logan said I could drive. Hang on. Be there in a jiffy. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. And Xavier's like terrified. And it's like, yeah, dude, you deserve this. I love that Logan got Xavier back by setting it up. It's so Kitty would have to drive Xavier. Hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. Also, Xavier owns a limo. Not surprised. But of course he do you like think about this idea where Xavier rolled up to Spears industry in this limo. And he's like, look at me. I'm a rich white man. You yeah, can get and along he's with like, me. listen, I don't think you should try to kill all mutants accidentally. And Guy Spear's like, mm, okay, I guess I won't. But then we get this final fucking scene with Guy Spear after Xavier left. And Guy Spear turns to his assistant and he's like, I want us back in production ASAP. Power 8 suddenly became a lot more valuable. Which, like, yeah, I, oh what my the God. Fuck? Okay, also, we don't find out where that was going to go because 
this show Season ends. four yeah. just stops. Yeah. But it's, we, I mean, I could tell you where it was going to go. Like, it's literally a military weapon where they can fucking kill all mutants immediately. Like, holy shit. That, that or they were going to do like a variant of the techno organic virus yep. or something like yep. that. Or uh, not the techno organic virus, the legacy virus. Yeah. That's what I think was going to happen from this is that they would have pulled from that. Yeah. Although I was reading that Mr. Sinister was supposed to appear in season four. So mm. who knows? Interesting. Right? Interesting. In- indeed. We're going to, when we get to the end of the show, I'm going to be like, okay, here's all the plot lines we didn't get to. Yeah. It's well, the, sad. the creators have talked a lot about it since then. So anyway, the end of this series, or sorry, the end of this episode is like the entire moral of this entire episode is that Evan was right and he shouldn't trust people. I like know. that is a really sad moral. It is really fucking sad. And yet I also was glad that like Xavier wasn't right. No, I know. Because at the end when they wrap it up with Xavier, it's kind of like, oh, so are they telling the viewers that like, oh, like you could still trust people? They, no, they don't even do that. They're like, no, this guy is also evil. Like literally nobody in this was good evan's classmates were awful towards him xavier was awful towards him spears was uh, yeah. yeah it was andy, like the andy guy who seemed like trustworthy at first ended up being fucking awful so it's basically like don't trust humans ever i know ever like i know it's a really bad. sad story don't trust the police or security like it was that was just the general vibe and it kind of played upon the idea of him not just only being like a mutant or a queer but also like being a black kid too and it's yes this whole series has been leading up to this moment for evan where yeah. he's been pushing back and everyone's been like don't do this don't do that evan you know cool it you know evan has wanted to since day one, not hide his powers because Aurora came over to his house when he was still living with his parents and mm-hmm. he was like, I don't think I'm going to hide my powers. And Storm's like, well, you should because bad things can happen to you. And Evan's like, yeah, but I'll just spike him in the face and that will be that. <laughs> yeah. And Storm is like, no, you need to be closeted because like, that's what I've been doing. That's what Xavier wants right. us to do. And he's also been like arrested multiple times on this show. And uh, he's been told by white people what to do. You know, he's got Xavier telling him what to do. And Xavier's been... He's tried getting rid of Evan multiple times I on know, this show. I know, because he thinks Evan is too much trouble for what the, the payoff is. And it's like, dude, you see children as like transactional entities. Like, it's so fucked up the way Xavier is. Yeah. I loved that Xavier was wrong in this episode. I was so worried Me during too. that stupid scene that it was going to be like, Guy Spear was a good guy. And then the fact that he turned out to be bad, I was kind of like validated by it. Because I was like, this guy seems like a piece of shit. I know. I, I feel like we were all validated for Evan on this episode yes. but also like just like I said but it's so sad though that like Evan has to leave and now he's a homeless queer kid like he is leaving his house because I mean it's not that Storm doesn't love him no I mean she clearly loves but he him. just feels like she doesn't understand him and like you kind of get it you're kind of like well yeah she doesn't okay also there's a point to be made here that by Evan trying to pass as like like a straight kid yeah he couldn't pass for being like a white kid because he's black yeah right? and so but to be a pass as a straight kid the allegory here is that it was causing him actual physical pain yes like to like sit there and pull his spikes back in and be like okay yep i've got to match what everybody wants everyone's telling me to put my spikes away mm-hmm. and it like literally causes him to writhe in pain and like it also makes it more interesting like the little fight that he and kurt had a couple episodes ago where like kurt is still wearing his image inducer all the time and kurt is like very into being closeted and evan was like very judgmental of him and 
I feel like that's partially because Evan is like, I want to be out and proud, you know, like I want to be who I am. Look how I look. And like, he doesn't agree with Kurt on that. He's in a different place, even though it's extremely dangerous. Evan is still like, whatever, everybody fucking hates me anyway. I don't care. And like, that is an attitude I can absolutely relate to. Like, at least the sentiment of it, I'm like, I could understand it when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I could get there and be like, yeah, if everyone's going to be terrified of me anyway, fuck it. You know, like, who cares? I mean, we we did go through a goth phase. So, I mean, we get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would give this episode a five. I loved it. I get, It's getting a five out of five X's for I me. also loved the kitty side story. I thought it was so funny. I did too. <laughs> I thought it was, I mean, I know they had to blend it in there because it was just too dark otherwise. But, but I didn't you know. mind it. I feel like it didn't. It was kind of like a reminder again that like these are normal kids, you know, like they're normal kids living normal lives. But it's also a reminder that there's like, here's all these white kids that pass in this school. Right. Evan is in the background still, which on throughout the history of this show, like everyone else would be okay doing their own thing, kind of oblivious to like what Evan is going through. Mm -hmm. Other than like Kurt who does notice and saves Evan, which like, it's interesting that it's Kurt who does that, you know, because Kurt has been hanging out with him since day one. And I think it's because again, Kurt knows what it's like to not pass, but Kurt's willing to do what he needs to, to hide. Yep. Which is interesting. And Evan isn't. And like, that's part of why those two characters are sort of paired together in a way. How crazy it is to look at the perils of this episode though. You have Evan who is literally struggling. People are bullying him in school for, being a mutant and gay and black and then there's other kids manipulating him so they could fight their fights for him then they're kicking him out of like a skateboarding contest because he's a mutant and then somebody's poisoning him and then nobody else in the x-men at first even can notice that any of this is happening because they're too busy being like kitty's trying to try (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah like that's the worst of their problems over there right now i know it's yeah, it's kind of a tough one for Evan. Anyway, what are you going to rate it? Oh, I give it a five out of five. It was much better than I had remembered it being. Um, I think at the time when I watched these episodes, when they first aired, I was like, I think I missed a lot of the points that it was making initially because I was young. Mm-hmm. It's also like there's a difference between watching it for fun and watching it like with a critical eye like we do now where we're like really analyzing every second of it. Right, exactly. And also I'm like more educated at this point. So <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> and also not trying to avoid all my own personal feelings, which I was doing at 18. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's very crazy to me that we have gone to three seasons and I would say that most of them have been five out of five X's. I and know. then we have a few here and there which are i don't know maybe a three or a four but we don't the only one we have is the fred dukes one that's it and african storm there's only a couple skips like those are the only two that we were like we would skip these episodes out of like three seasons it's crazy oh yeah and by the way i was gonna say that at this point the amount that all these tv shows and the comic books go out of their way to make me dislike Fred Dukes. I'm like, nah, I think the blob is actually one of my favorite characters now. <laughs> he's kind of <laughs> the coolest. Anyway, he's not in this episode. Do we want to try to do a really quick who's that X-Men on yeah, Berserker? Yeah, I can do a quick one because I'm just going to read what it literally says on uh, the Wikipedia. So let's do that. Let's do a, a, a on the fly who's that X-Men. Not prepared. Who's that, that X-Men? X-Men. I didn't even think about doing a spotlight on Berserker, but thankfully, even on the X-Men fandom Wikipedia, it's like two paragraphs. So I'm literally just going to read those two paragraphs for y'all. Okay, great. So this is a citation from what website? The X-Men Evolution Wiki? X-Men or? Fandom.com. Okay, great. According to the X-Men fandom, 
Berserker was a member and the leader of the Tunnelers, an offshoot group of Morlocks who hated Callisto's main group and dubbed them Drain Dwellers. Initially a group of 10, six of the Tunnelers were killed when the Marauders were sent to kill the Morlocks. Berserker and three others survived the attack, only to get in another battle with Beast and Iceman, thinking they were Marauders too. Oh, that's interesting, though, because at that point, like, Beast would look like Beast and Iceman would be all iced up. Yep. Yep. The battle ends when the Tunnelers figure out that X-Factor members are not their enemies. Joining the X-Factor at their base, the Tunnelers find out about their host's mock mutant hunter identities. The Tunnelers eventually leave, hoping to find a new home in New Jersey. They ran into a human street gang called the Savage Wolf Gang who tried to rob them. The Tunnelers fought back, ending in the deaths of the Tunneler Blowhard. What a name. <laughs> Amazing. Blowhard. Amazing. Right, hold on, let me just click on this for a second because I don't even remember this mutant. What's his power? Um, powers. Draws on nearby oxygen and focuses it through his pipe in order to create high velocity gale force winds. And it's like this old guy with cool. pretty like 70s sci-fi hair smoking like an actual pipe. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a great character, actually. See, this is what I mean. I'm like, I'm like, there were plenty of Morlocks they could have chosen from. I don't know. I would have watched this guy blowing wind through his pipe. Old comic books were great. Uh, so the tunnelers then got in a confrontation with the police where fellow tunneler and berserkers love interest scale face was shot dead mm. interesting interesting uh, cyclops and Jean gray arrived to save the remaining two tunnelers but it was too late berserker was enraged by the loss of scale face and vowed revenge on all of humanity before cyclops could reason with him berserker let out a giant energy attack at him blaming x-factor for the tunnelers destruction Cyclops fired back, overpowering Berserker's initial attack. Why, Cyclops? Why are you, like, useless? <laughs> the optic blast from Cyclops knocked Berserker into a river, electrocuting himself with his own powers, resulting in his death. Oh, god damn. Wow. Mask was the only tunneler that survived. Mask is, by the way, still floating around. Mm -hmm. Also, Mask is an interesting character we'll do on this show eventually, because that's a character who has also reformed their body to be a female. So mm. that's pretty cool. Um, Berserker is resurrected by means of the transmode virus to serve as part of Selene's army of deceased mutants. Under the control of Selene and Eli Bard, he takes part in the assault on the mutant nation of Utopia. Uh, and then it says a little bit more for his electrokinesis. Berserker's mutant powers allowed him to generate and control pulsing bolts of electrical energy. He did this by absorbing and manipulating the energies of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. Cool. He could also fly and tap into absorb, observe, and listen to television or radio broadcasts, phone wow. transmissions, and digital signals. I don't know. I feel like they got to bring him back. That's so many powers. That's like a combination of um, Magneto and Monica Rambeau in terms of like how powerful he is. Yeah. Also, like there's not really another electric mutant besides Storm, right? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he didn't become a bigger deal yeah and it says according to the little x-men evolution piece here in the cartoon x-men evolution berserker was a member of the new mutants unlike his one issue semi-villainous comics counterpart berserker was more developed unfortunately this incarnation cannot fly or use his powers to listen to television or radio broadcasts mm -hmm. however what he lacked in overall mutant powers he made up for in various areas he was voiced by tony sampson yeah so there you go that's berserker that's interesting that like apparently he has more characterization on this show than he did in the comics yeah i think it's interesting that they chose him to be a new mutant for some reason like how did they get there yeah i th i think i think they did that because i think they had the plan to have him be a former morlock 
or Tunnler or whatever, because right. they wanted to link it back. Because in this episode, it feels as though they're foreshadowing that, which is really cool. Like they had so many long-term storylines they wanted to set up on this show. And like, it sucks that they didn't get to it. You I know, agree. like, I think that was where they were going to go with his character. That's really interesting, though, because we would not have expected that. And I know. I don't know. Like, I just it's a, it's a bummer. Again, the show ends as quickly yeah. as it does, because there's so much that they're setting up. And every episode we look at things, we're like, OK, so what was going to happen? I don't know. We can talk about it when we get to the end of the actual series, but it's really interesting. Yeah, like what we wish could have happened, but it does feel like there's so much stuff they were setting up. Right, because with X-Men, the animated series, it ended and everyone was sad. And I honestly, the end of X-Men, the animated series is so good. It's so good. It is so good. And also... I think at that point they had done way too much in terms of like, let's try to go through the 30 years of comic book mm-hmm. material that we eventually ran out of comic book material because we did everything in like two minutes flat. You know, <laughs> I know they could have dragged it out a little more, but, but oh I do well. like the end of the X-Men, the animated series where it's like shit's so fucked up that like the X-Men can't actually do anything at all. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Yeah. Who's gay. Oh, right. Who's gay. The Is there, any, is there even a spotlight for this? I mean, Guy Spears and his little butt boy, I guess. Uh, okay, maybe we don't have a who's gay section this week. Let's just skip it. I know that's really <laughs> weird for us to do, but like this was not a gay episode. It was actually just mostly tragic. It was really tragic, and it was more about the metaphor. I mean, like, I guess you could argue like Andy has a crush on Evan, but like, I don't know. Does he? I, I mean, don't really think he does. I didn't get that vibe. Yeah, it just felt like he was using him and like fetishizing yeah. his powers and like, I... I don't know. I don't want to ship that. I don't like any of that. I I just, I don't think there was any time spent for the gayness beyond the queer metaphor for Evan at this point. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah, I agree. And at, and at that point, Evan's like so many different marginalized classes that it's not even just that. I know. And it's, but that's part of why I love Evan because he's basically this character who's like, look, I have nothing going for me, but also like, I don't give a shit anymore. And like, that's, he's yeah. such a hero to me for that reason. Cause I'm like, hell yeah, kid. I mean, I love Evan on the show. I'm definitely here for it yeah it's awesome um so anyway in two weeks when we come back we'll be watching the toad the witch and the wardrobe which what a title what a title i love that episode we're gonna get to see toad and wanda hanging out i guess okay there's a couple things going on in that one toad steals kurt's image inducer and i think that's how he ends up stopped using it because like toad steals it so he can like mac on wanda a bunch while wanda's trying to (laughs) murder magneto also like that's the episode that i've been talking about ominously for several months now where Wanda gets brainwashed by mastermind to like replace her bad memories of Magneto with her like hanging out and getting ice cream with him. Yeah. I don't know. This version of Magneto is really fucked up. I, I don't know. really know what the deal is. I know. I know. But anyway, so that's what that episode is going to be. <laughs> There's going to be another dark episode next week. Just so y'all know. That'll be fun. Um, So you, the listener, have so many ways to contact us. We should do another reader mail pretty soon, by the way. Maybe, maybe in, a, we in four weeks we'll do that. We can talk about that. Maybe. Um, When we're not live on the air. Uh, So anyway, whenever we do a listener mail, you can participate by writing in at themutantages at gmail.com. You can also ask us questions or just hang out in our Discord server at mutantages.com. You can get the invite link to that on the right-hand side. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 1508 
319-319-1668. Or if you want, you can send us physical mail at P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And that is something that we open and unbox on our YouTube channel, which is at the Mutant Ages on YouTube. You want to talk about that? As you all know, the, you, you can go to YouTube.com and there's videos there. Yes. The end. <laughs> That's right. uh, okay, but there's videos at the Mutant Ages on YouTube. That uh-huh. is us playing through X-Men video games. We also will take pieces of this show, match it up with the actual cartoon uh, of the X-Men. Doesn't matter which one. Mm-hmm. We do parody videos. It could be anything. Sometimes we do little throwbacks. We've done less of those. Those have mostly moved to Patreon. But you can find what's left there. And it's a lot of fun. Sometimes we do Resident Evil stuff as well. I've also got a YouTube channel, which I shouted out earlier, which is my Ryan Pagel on YouTube. Also, like, I guess you should follow the Mutant Ages on TikTok because we're so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, go to TikTok. You go to Pinterest, Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. We're individually on those places. Yeah, I'm at are. Ryan Pagella on Twitter and on Instagram at Ryan.Pagella. I'm at Mitty Myers on all of those places. And so you can follow me there. But also... If you are able to contribute something to the show financially, we recommend checking out our Teespring store. We've got a link to that at MutantAges.com. And we've also got a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages, where you can back at all kinds of levels. Even if you can just kick us $1 a month, you still get some pretty cool shit. But if you can manage to kick us a couple bucks, you get bonus episodes of the show, which is cool. And like behind the scenes stuff or like soundtracks, depending on how high up you go. And our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. I I don't know. Are you gonna do Yoshi's voice? I don't know what you're gonna uh, do. Okay. I don't. Does Yoshi even have a voice? Like, is it his voice? Well, uh, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he sounds like a baby now. He does. I, was just thinking, yeah. I was thinking about like what he used to sound like 20 years ago, where he's like, <laughs> that noise. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's anything I could do like a fun voice here. We're not going to do Yoshi's voice. Yoshi's voice is like, yeah. Wait, that's still Toad. That's old Toad. Yeah. I don't know, I, I don't know if Yoshi has a voice. He's like, whoop. What? Well, they, I mean, they started giving him like the old sound effects again. So I don't know. They're not too consistent with it. Anyway, yeah, anyway so shout outs to shout Samuel out. B. Normal so, shout <laughs> out. Yes. Shout outs to Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S for being our top tier Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. We appreciate, we appreciate you it. It helps so us much. You have no idea. continue to make this show. <laughs> you always will get a shout out right here in this section. Uh, sometimes with fun voices. Sometimes with me just being like, this episode was too sad for fun voices. <laughs> I know next week might be the same way tbd or not next week two weeks or bi-weekly now well next week i could just scream like i'm wanda or something uh the one that's like rogue falling down and having a mental breakdown is also pretty sad it is it is we've got a few sad apps coming up um so anyway if you can't afford to support the show totally understandable times are tough still um but if that's the case for you we really would encourage you to rate and review the show on apple podcasts you can give us a rating on our facebook page or you can just share the show with your buds on social media that is awesome that's how people find podcasts so we appreciate it if you're able to do that that's right and that that's right is that that's right Meowth, does anybody know what right? we're doing yeah do people know that we're imitating i don't know Meowth? you just said what it literally is so <laughs> i think hopefully somebody gets it <laughs> Do people know that every time Ryan and I hear the phrase, that's right, we have to say it in the Meowth voice immediately? Do people get that? I hope they do. (laughs) They should know us well enough now to know that we're just fucking crazy. Yeah, and that we watch Pokemon. Anyway, um, we will see you next time. time.
That's right. That's right. Ha! The Mutant.